Hello, welcome to the monthly Skill Bites show where we share information that is geared to helping you succeed in your business. This is Judy Weintraub, CEO of Skill Bites and host of this show. If you want to position yourself as an expert, one of the best ways to do that is to become a published author. Skillbytes author platform provides the easiest way to get a book written and published. I am delighted to have Kathy Fayak with us today. Kathy is known as the business book strategist. She works with thought leaders and professionals who want to write a book as a business growth tool. So you might be wondering, why would I have Kathy Fayak on my Skill Bites show podcast when that's exactly what I do? Well, I think it's worth having somebody else. You can get a different perspective. Uh, yes, we do very similar things. We have somewhat similar audiences, but we have slightly different perspectives on things. So I'm hoping that, uh, that you'll get a better view of things when you hear somebody else's perspective. Kathy is the author of 10 books, including The Speaker Author and Authority. Since starting her business in 2014, she's helped nearly 200 professionals become published authors, and she believes that authors can and do change the world one word at a time. So Kathy, welcome to the Skill Bites Show. Thank you so much, Judy. Well, let's start off. And can you tell us how you got into this business? Well, it's it's kind of a funny story because um, maybe I should begin by saying I never imagined I would be a writer or a book coach, okay? <laughs> uh, in fact, I must admit right off the very start here, I, I do not particularly like to write which shocks a lot of people because uh, they assume because I'm a book coach and an author that, of course, I love to write. Well, no, I love what writing does for my career. And that's really the difference. It's hard work for me to write. It requires discipline. It requires focus. Um, but I'm a big believer that it's worth the, the sweat and tears that I put into the work that it will get me where I need to go. So I'm a, I'm a big believer in the power of writing. But how I got to be a book coach, um, I had been an author and written several books. And uh, a friend of mine who is in the National Speakers Association with me, I've been a member for more than 30 years, was, uh, was talking about um, having an, a program for their chapter. And he called me and said, Kathy, I heard a rumor that you wrote one of your books in less than six weeks. Is that right? And I said, well, um, actually, I wrote four of my five books at the time in less than six weeks. And he said, oh, my gosh, do you, do you have a process? And I thought about it for a moment. I thought that is the most interesting question I've ever been asked. Um, yeah, I guess I do have a process. He said, would you be willing to give a program about your process for our chapter? I'm like, I would love to do that. He said, but before you say yes, uh, we have a couple of our chapter members who are working on books. Would you be willing to coach them 
using your process and then give a program. And I said, oh, you had me at give a program. I'm, I'm definitely in. And I, I'm curious. I know, I know this process works for me, but does it work for anyone else? So I started coaching these two women who happened to be friends of mine. And right away, they said to me, Kathy, have you ever thought about being a book coach? And uh, I said, uh, no. Uh, is there such a thing? Is there a need? <laughs> and they assured me that, yes, a lot of people had this vision of writing, but they didn't know how to get started or they got started and they got stuck. So um, that was really the inspiration for me to uh, start this new business as a book coach. Yeah, very good. I, I have a somewhat similar story, although I didn't dislike writing, but my writing was mostly articles and things like that as opposed to books. But, um, yes. but yes, it certainly is very powerful and it's laborious to do the writing, but it does do terrific things for your credibility, for your visibility. Oh, for your business. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. All of those things for revenue growth, for um, expanding impact. Uh, all of those things are just incredible benefits of writing. Right. But it's not just the writing. You have to write the book and hopefully it's a really good book, but there's more that you have to do in order to get those advantages. And what's critical is that authors know what those steps are so that they can uh, achieve those benefits that they're seeking. Uh, can you maybe share with us some of the things that you coach your author clients on so that they can get the most out of their book? Yeah, I think the first step is in writing the right book because not every book will grow a career. In fact, usually what I, what I tell my clients is that your book will move your business in its direction. So be careful what you write. Um, for example, one of my clients came to me and she had been doing this work and she knew this work backwards and forwards. And she said, I could write this book probably with one hand tied behind my back. But I'm actually thinking about going in this new direction. This book is going to be a lot harder to write, but it's really where... I see my business going and I said, whatever you do, don't write the easy book first. I said, even though, you know, it, it seems like that would be the low hanging fruit. What you will find is that um, if you're all of your energy right now is focusing on this new part of your business, then you really want to be writing your book there. And that's that's what will propel your business in the direction that you want it to go. So be first really sure that you're writing the book that will drive the business in the way you want it to go. Right. Which starts with knowing which direction you want your business to go in. Yes, it does. <laughs> so you really have to think about the book and the alignment with your business strategy. So it doesn't, the book and structuring the book and thinking about the book doesn't make sense unless you do it in alignment with your business strategy. Right. Okay. So what's step two? Well, uh, one of the things as you're writing it is not only to write the right book, but you know, you have this 
key piece of real estate in your book, which is called the About the Author page, which is huge. It is your billboard for what you want to do for your clients and how you would like your readers to engage with you. So one of the things I suggest is really looking at that about the author. It's not just a list of credentials. It's not just a list of what you have done, where you've been. It really is telling the reader where you could take them. So it's being instructional. And I, I give you a great example of this. Fred was one of my authors. And the reason he was writing his book was because he, he loves speaking and he wanted to speak on the book's topic. And what um, he had written was just brilliant, just wonderful, wonderful work. But when I looked at his About the Author, nowhere in his About the Author did it say anything about being a speaker. And I said, um, Fred, uh, help, help me with something. I thought that's why you wanted to write this book. And he said, oh, yeah, I do want to be a speaker. I said, well, do you realize in your About the Author, nowhere does it say you've been a speaker, that you speak for audiences, that you've won these uh, speaking competitions, that you have received uh, incredible evaluations. You say nothing about your speaking. And he said, oh, my gosh, I, I have to rewrite this whole thing, don't I? I said, yes, you do. <laughs> so that's uh, a, a great example of how that little, that one sheet, that one page in your book can speak volumes to your reader that can drive the business that you want to derive from it. Great point. Yes, it's it's really important. And to uh, to basically say who you are is one thing, but what you can do for others is going to be really powerful to drive them to want to contact you. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Is there a step three? Yeah, there really is. Once, once you've written the book, um, I know one of my authors called me because the book wasn't quite ready yet. It wasn't out yet, but he was going to be speaking for an association and wanted to do something to promote the book. And he asked me if there was a way to begin promoting the book then. And I said, absolutely. It's, it's a key uh, opportunity to be um, positioning your book and your role as consultant or coach or whatever you want to do. So we talked about the ways that he could do this. One of the things that he wanted to do was to, um, I said, be sure that you title your book the same as your speech whenever you can so that when you're speaking for a group they know that the book is connected to your speech and that it's all one and the same and um, and then you might even want to read a little snippet or a selection from your book say this is from my forthcoming book I'd like to read you just a, a couple of um, paragraphs or a couple of lines from it here on page one 123 or whatever it is, being very specific so that it, it creates this, um, this sensation of, from the, the audience of, oh my gosh, I got to get that book. So how do I order it? Where do I get it? So you create that sense of, oh my gosh, there's, there's some excitement coming with this book. Or something that one of my other authors did. He was going to a conference and the book wasn't out yet. So he had these 
fabulous postcards made up that were just the size of um, a six by nine book. And on the one side, it looked like exactly the cover of his book. On the flip side was information about not only the book, but about his speaking. So that at the conference, he could uh, have people pose with the little postcard, which was really just the postcard, but it looked like the book. And he could start promoting it on social media and uh, getting some excitement built around the promotion of his book. That's a very innovative idea. Yeah, I love the postcard idea. And then another friend, uh, she, uh, once the book came out, she would, as she went to the doctor's office or she went to different places, she would have these postcards and she would put them uh, on the desk or put them, you know, in some place that was what was appropriate. But so that people could say, oh, this is great. I want to get this. And it was a wonderful reminder uh, of her new book. Right. They say that a book is your big business card, but the postcard can be your business card as well. Right. A, a very literal big business card. Right. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, once the book is out, there are countless ways that you can promote your book and sell more books and book more business. Um One of the things that I talk about in my book, the speaker author, in fact, I have a checklist of things that you might want to do. For example, titling your speech the same as your book, as I've mentioned, reading from your book. Uh, On the handout that you have, not only show how uh, audience members can get in touch with you, but you may want to have a visual of your book um, so that people know how to look for it and how to find it in the bookstore. You might want to say at a presentation, if you're going to be offering your books for sale in the bookstore, uh, what the hours will be, or better yet, have your introducer do that so that you don't seem too salesy during your presentation. But all of those things will be helpful. And then even one final tip is um, gifting the book can be a great strategy. I know authors who have made thousands upon thousands of dollars, not from selling the book, but from gifting the book. And my friend Jeff did this brilliantly. Um, He he knew that he was uh, going to gift the book. That was his strategy from the very onset. And he got a hundred author copies and he um, he he wrote actually a, a chapter in an anthology so he got a, a bookmark a postcard that he put in his chapter so that people could easily find it find it he made a list of 100 people who knew him who knew of his work who had a personal connection with him and then he personalized each book to that individual. Um, The postcard showed not only a little bit about the book, but talked about how he was providing services for clients. From 100 book mailing, he got five paid speaking engagements, (laughs) which is fabulous. So um, with a return like that, you know, you can make money by gifting your books. (laughs) Absolutely. I have one of my clients is a chiropractor Mm -hmm. and he has copies of his books in his waiting room for his clients to just pick up. 
and um, and he also gives them to orthopedics to give out to their patients. And he's gotten many, many new clients from his clients giving the copies of his book to other people. Yeah. So a book really is magical, but you have to know how to use its magic. And that's, uh, that's really what my message is in the speaker author. So um, there are certain things that authors can do while they're writing their book. There are certain things that they can do when they have completed the writing. And then there's other things to do after they've published. Maybe you could share some tips on each of those areas. I would love to. Uh, I think one of the best strategies is uh, that if you are booked to speak, uh, and I, I do believe that speaking and authorship are a fabulous combination. When you can combine the two, your impact is so much greater and you will um, be able to uh, see uh, a lot more happening when you can combine those two. But um, a couple of things in this vein. One is be sure if you are booked to speak, that it's just part of your sales process to ask the question about whether they would like to order books for everyone in the audience. Um, one of my clients has this part of her um, contract with, uh, with the speaking engagements so that when she's booked, that's just an automatic question that's asked. How many books would you like to have for your audience members? Or I love Lois's question. Lois Kramer is my co-author and the speaker author. And her question is, would it make sense? I love the way you start this. Would it make sense for everyone in the audience to have a reminder, a reinforcement of what the learning that took place during my program? Well, of course it makes sense. Uh, so I love the way that she positions that. And meeting planners have a way of saying, well, yeah, it makes total sense. So what would that cost? And then having uh, an, an offer that you can make. One of my clients took this one step further and she did this brilliant thing. She had a, a client who was very interested in having her come and speak for his entire organization. And she asked the magical question, does it make sense? And he said, oh, you know, Sarah, it really would make sense. Uh, so he's, he said, yeah, I think I would like to get a book for everyone in the organization. She said, well, how many people would that be? He said, 1700 and she said oh my goodness <laughs> oh my goodness that is uh, yes we can make that happen and in fact she went on to ask these smart questions really smart questions would you like to have a special edition of this book made for your employees that would have a um your company's logo on the cover and a special forward written by you, Mr. CEO, uh, to your employees speaking about the importance of the messages in the book and how it impacts the employees. And he said, that would be great. So she worked with her publisher to have a special edition prepared and she was able then to um, uh, make quite a nice payday uh, for closing one sale, but it was one sale 
that included a speaking engagement plus 1,700 books. <laughs> wow, that's great. Yeah, that's one of the things that I have mentioned to many of my authors when they're speaking. If the organization that they're speaking in front of doesn't offer that, then they can suggest, well, what if you were to get a sponsor? Because a sponsor might be willing to purchase copies for everybody in exchange for having 30 seconds or a minute to tell the audience about what they do. Absolutely. Or even to go one step further, they could develop a little uh, book plate to put inside the front cover that could have their name, their contact information, but then it could be a place for the author to sign or something like that to personalize the book. So it can be a win-win all across the board. So thinking creatively when you're, when you're um, speaking for groups uh, about positioning it in advance, I found that authors do a much better job if they can position this in advance of the speaking engagement as opposed to showing up and saying, can I sell books here? Well, you, you will probably sell books there if you do a good job and you're and your message is on target, but you will sell far more books, perhaps one for everyone, plus some, if you do this advanced selling. Right. And you certainly have more leverage at the time that you're negotiating to speak than after you've already agreed to speak. Yes. So that's the time to be asking, is there somebody who might be willing to purchase copies of my book? Is there somebody who can video me? You know, all these other questions that uh, you can take care of up front and you're more likely to get them than if you try asking later. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so you, you mentioned that you have a co-author with uh, on your book and uh, you have slightly different perspectives on things. So maybe share a little bit about uh, the two your perspective and your co-author's perspective. Absolutely. When I was thinking about writing this book, uh, I was thinking, like, is there someone that I know that could be a fabulous co-author that knows something about this, this notion of um, selling? And I thought immediately of Lois Kramer. Uh, for those individuals in the world of speaking uh, who might be members of the National Speakers Association, Lois Kramer is uh, a, a household name, and she is just an incredible coach for selling for speakers. So she helps speakers learn how to do a better job of positioning and selling their businesses. And uh, that's what she does. She doesn't do it for um, uh, consultants or coaches. It's really speakers, those people who primarily do speaking. So I knew that she really knew the, 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 the selling world. And so I approached her and first, her first reaction was, I, I, I've written one book, that's, that's all I need to write. <laughs> <laughs> but then I said, no, Lois, I said, what if I did most of the writing, but, but I got some of your ideas, and especially some of your ideas from your first book, Book More Business, and uh, we included those, and you could just chime in when you wanted to say something in particular, and she said, perfect. So that was the way we came to collaborate on this book, but it's, it's wonderful having someone who is a sales coach for speakers talk specifically about how to sell 
talks, how to sell speaking engagements, and then how to really maximize the coupling of um, your book and your speech. What I love that Lois really does well is this whole notion of positioning statement. Because as you think about writing your book, you want to get really clarity around your thesis statement for your book. What, what is your book really about? Uh, what is the point of view that you have on your book? Well, it should be in alignment with your positioning statement as a consultant, speaker, business person. So to first get your positioning statement correct about who you are and who you offer services for. So for example, I my positioning statement is I work with professionals and thought leaders who want to write a book as a business growth strategy. So it's who I want to work with and what do I help them do? And getting clarity on that positioning statement first and foremost will help inform your positioning statement for your book. Right, yeah, if you don't have that, then you may not be attracting the right people to your book or people who don't need what you're offering. That's right. That's right. So having great clarity about that, it's one of the things I love. And then Lois is an expert on just positioning, um, you know, how do you sell your business as a speaker? How do you get those the next speaking engagement? Or if you're just starting, how do you break in to the speaking business? Those things are, are really important. And many authors, uh, this is new territory. So um, this is particularly helpful for, for those folks. Right. So I do have a number of clients who want to get more speaking engagements. Are there some tips around that that you can share? Well, I think first thinking about your sphere of influence. Uh, what organizations do you come from? Uh, where are you already known? Um, so, for example, when I started my business, my background was in human resources. I had been um, at Kentucky Fried Chicken in the human resources group. And so, uh, as you might guess, a lot of my first books were, were around HR topics. But because I was a member of SHRM, the Society for Human Resource Management, that became the group to focus on. And, you know, for every association, what I love about targeting associations is that you not only have the different levels within the organization, so you have the local chapters, the state, and then the national uh, conferences, but you also have each individual and each program is potentially a buyer for um, you coming in and, and speaking for them. So, um, so this was was a strategy that I used when I was starting was let's think about speaking for chapters. And what I found was that um, the national chat, the national conferences rarely paid except for their big keynote speaker, usually a celebrity, quasi celebrity speaker. Um, the local chapters, some of them didn't have money but the state conferences, that's where you could generally um, find that there was speaking for a fee as opposed to free. And then what I also learned was that 
when speaking for chapters, this whole notion of positioning for sponsors and um, saying to the chapter, um, you typically don't pay your keynote speaker to come in for your luncheon, but what if I did a, an afternoon workshop or a morning workshop on the topic? Or maybe we got a sponsor for that, and would that make sense then? Because that would allow you to charge more money to potentially bring in a, a sponsor and uh, to even recruit new members for your organization. So that's that was my strategy when I began, is thinking about the organizations where I belonged. And for me, again, that was the Society for Human Resource Management. Yeah, that's a great idea because I mean, the follow-up doesn't even have to be the same day. It mm -hmm. could, and it could be virtual. Uh, so yes. you could offer a, a keynote or talk or whatever, and then also offer a workshop for people who are interested in implementing the concepts that you've just introduced. Yes. So having a keynote presentation as well as a workshop or other uh, program that you that will accompany it is a really smart strategy for speakers and authors who want to get their books out there. Uh, now, there's so much talk out there for authors about having a platform. Mm hmm. <laughs> Most of my authors have a good idea of what a platform is, but maybe you could talk about what that means and how does one go about building a platform and when should they go about doing that? That's a great question. And one that I find that so many authors don't, they don't get it. They don't get it. So um, yes, having a platform, having your tribe. I like Seth Godin's book, uh, Tribes, which really talks about this whole notion of if we're going to be thought leaders, if we're going to be uh, change agents, then we need to have people who are on our team. I mean, that's really what thought leadership is all about, is creating that team of followers. So how do you do that? Um, and one way, of course, is through social media. So being active on social media, I'm not active on every platform, but um, I am very active on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. So finding your lane and then really being active using regular uh post to get out there so that you and then inviting those folks to join with you on your own platform so it's it's not just having a large following on LinkedIn but it's making sure that your people on LinkedIn are also connecting with you on your um, for your mailing list so that you are growing your own um, mailing list right so it could be your joining your podcast, um, could be your newsletter. Yes, uh, I think ways. every author should consider developing an irresistible free offer, an IFO or a lead magnet really, which is something that is of great value to your readers, to your audiences that um, they would you know, pay money for, but you're going to offer it for free in exchange for their contact information. So it needs to be something of value. It could be a white paper. It could be a checklist. It could be a template. It could be some deeper dive on a topic. 
if you're presenting on a topic, but there's some um, narrow aspect of the topic that you could really go into in a lot greater depth, then maybe it's a, a deeper dive on one of those issues. So finding your lead magnet or irresistible free offer that you can uh, use. And by the way, those are great things to plant in your book as well um, so that you are always inviting your readers to come to your landing page to get the checklist, to get the deeper dive, to get the whatever so that you can include them in your ongoing list. So creating that list, maintaining and growing that list should be job one for every author and for every speaker. Right, because I think there are many, many people who don't realize that you won't get the names of the people who are buying your book. No. (laughs) <laughs> you will only see how many purchases there have been. So if you want to know who's buying your book, you need to have these irresistible offers or opt-in opportunities in your book Yes, that will lead the reader to go to your landing page, give you their information in order to obtain mm-hmm. that. And you want to have more than one in your book because some people may only start reading at the beginning and then put the book away and not get Mm -hmm. back to it. Uh, Some people may be looking at the conclusion uh, without reading the book. That's right. So, so plant, you know, give little seeds throughout your book. Um, One of the best books I've seen do this is John Rulin's book, Giftology. And he talks about the power of gifting to increase business opportunities. And he really demonstrates this in his book where like, I think every other chapter, there's an invitation for some free offer you go to a landing page, you can get them all there, but he has a, a nice variety of free offers so that if one of the, the goodies didn't appeal to you, certainly one of the other ones would. And then I just personally wanted to see what his goodies were because I wanted to get ideas, not only for me, but for my authors as well, because that is what we need to be doing is creating this platform and creating a greater tribe of of people who know us, who love us, who uh, are all about um, uh, encouraging the message that we have to share. Right. So... You've shared a lot of information so far already. Are there some key tips that you would like to share that we haven't gotten to yet? Well, it maybe goes back to writing the best book that you possibly can. I know a lot of folks just, that is so daunting. You know, how do you get started? How do you dip your toe into the water? And I think having a really clear strategic plan is part of that. So, um, being super clear on what you want your book to do for your business. That's maybe the, the big why. Why Not just to make the world a better place, although I'm a big believer that our books do help make the world a better place. But beyond that, how do you want the book to um, influence your business? How will it grow your business? Is it the curriculum for your 
coaching? Is it the curriculum for your classes? Is it a calling card that you will give? Is it some combination of those things? Is it the basis for your online course? To be really thinking very strategically about how the book is connected to your business so that you you can see when someone picks up the book, this is what you want them to do next, and this is what you want them to do next and next, so that you have a pipeline established in advance and that your book is part and parcel of your pipeline for your business. Right, and not only do you need to have identified where your business is going and how your book is going to help you get there, but ideally you'd have developed an action plan so that when your book is being written and when it's already written and published, you have the steps set up that you know that you can implement so that you can get there. Because as you know, having a goal is one thing, but having an action plan to enable you to achieve the goal is going to be so much more powerful for you to get there. Yes, yes. Sounds like we're preaching from the same hymnal. <laughs> well, we're both book coaches and that's right. Business off, business owners and speakers get their books done. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's a really powerful tool, but you kind of have to know what to do with it for it to get you the results that you're seeking. Mm-hmm. So again, I think probably the key piece is still writing the right book, you know, because if you don't write the right book, then it's, it's all going to be for naught. So, so writing the right book and strategically aligning your book so that you know why you're writing it, you know what it's about, you know the targeted reader, and you've clearly defined that. You uh, have identified the structure of your book, and then you have a project plan for actually getting it done. Very good. Yes, that's that's for for me. I teach my clients to do that upfront. That's part of the foundational work, because only when you do that will you know that the book is going to help you get where you want to go. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to put this effort into writing your book, then it it's kind of a waste if it doesn't get you the results you want. Yeah, it's a lot of hard work if you don't uh, if you don't do it. Well, I said it's a very expensive hobby or a very um, uh, time uh, sucking activity if, if, if you're not going towards something. So uh, let it be towards something, right. growing your business. And the chances are, if you haven't worked all that stuff out, then the book's going to take you a lot longer to write because mm -hmm. you're going to have these thoughts as to, is this really going to help me? Am I wasting my time? Is anybody going to be interested? Whereas if you've worked all that stuff out in advance, then you're going to be much more focused on getting that book done. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. You know, there's a reason that publishers, traditional publishers, require a book proposal. Really, if you think about what's included in a book proposal, it's all of these elements is thinking through the marketing, it's thinking through the implementation, it's thinking through the linkages, it's thinking through the, the database um, creation, um, it's, it's thinking through all these components. So I, I think that even self-published uh, authors or hybrid published authors should be thinking about creating their own proposal because that will inevitably help with the success of their book. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, um, Kathy, I'd like to go into some fun questions now. Oh, I may. I love that. <laughs> What's something about you that most people don't know? Well, um, my undergraduate degree is in music. Uh, I was a vocalist and um, I love to sing. And my voice is sort of gone now. It's shot. But, um, but up until just recently, I was singing. Uh, I sang in my uh, opera company in, in Louisville, Kentucky for several seasons. I sang in my church choir. I love to do solo work, um, but I'm, I'm out of the solo work now and I'm, I'm really out of the choir. But that's something that I love. That's part of my background. So I still love music. Great. Well, hopefully you'll keep singing because it doesn't really matter if you love it, what your voice sounds like. That's true. <laughs> Very interesting. Hmm. Okay. How about what's your favorite vacation spot? Mm. Well, I, I, I love vacation. <laughs> uh, I love beach vacations are my favorite. Uh, Aruba is someplace that I love to go. Um, Mexico was a destination that up until this year, it was something that we did every year, my husband and I, but um, uh, this year it's Florida. So um, lots of beaches here and lots of great Florida sunshine. <laughs> Okay, and uh, last one. Answer this question. When I retire, I will be living where and doing what? Well, I don't think there's any true retirement for me. Um, I'm, I suspect that I will do this part-time uh, into, well, until I can't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> because I love this work. I, I feel like this is the work I've been training for my entire life. Um, if you told me that that's what I was training for my entire life, I would have told you you're crazy. But uh, but it's almost like everything has served me, my my speaking um, background, the, the, the authorship that I have accomplished, uh, all of these things have helped me become the book coach that I am now. And I love what I do. I get to talk to the most interesting people about the most interesting, really cool ideas. And um, I don't know, I, I can't imagine giving this up. <laughs> okay, great. Now, if people wanted to get in touch with you, what would be the best way for them to do that? Well, probably through my website, which is kathyfyock.com. The hardest part is just spelling it, C-A-T-H-Y-F-Y-O-C-K, kathyfyock.com, or sending me an email at kathy 
at kathyfyock.com. Okay, very good. Well, thank you so much for being on the Skillbyte show today. Really appreciate all of the wisdom that you shared and uh, look forward to continuing to, to talk with you and, uh, and share different tips. It sounds great, Judy. Thank you so much for having me on your program. Oh, you're most welcome.